Thank you for tuning in to the All About Life podcast with Vic. We cover a wide range of topics in the area of personal growth to help you succeed. Find us on iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you get your favorite podcasts from. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. That way you get notified every time an episode comes out. Thanks for listening and enjoy this great episode. Thank you for listening to the All About Life podcast with Vic. I'm so excited today. We have jo- Joshua Spodek on the show. How are you doing today, Joshua? Very good. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. And I'm sorry if I butchered your last name. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, it's I've an been uncommon working, name. Yeah, I've been working on that all week, like Spodek, uh, Spodek. So, uh, you know, thank you so much for accepting my invitation to be on this podcast. I really do appreciate it. And uh, if you would, just so that our listeners know who you are and kind of like your background, um, could you just do an overview for us as far as what you're all about, man? Sure. People know me most today, partly for my leadership work, because my book became a bestseller. But in the past few years, applying leadership to the area of the environment, I've had a few TEDx talks there, and that's where most of my work is now. And my podcast focuses on that because I look around, people care about the environment and almost no one is leading, which I differentiate from managing, you know, spreading facts and figures and doom and gloom and educating people. That's all nice, but we got to change our behavior. And virtually no one is talking about or working on the images, the, the, the tools of leadership, stories, images, uh, the motivations. And that's where I focus. And I think that's going to be the major area in the environment that we have to work on. Now, if you go back in my past, I have a PhD in physics. I left academia to start my first company. Uh, the company did really well for a while, but then it got squeezed out, went back to business school. That's where I started learning. That's where I learned that you could learn leadership skills. I thought, I didn't know you could. And if it weren't for my environmental actions, I'd been planning on my next entrepreneurial endeavor was to start a school for leadership. But because I started acting environmentally and realizing what was missing there, I focused on applying leadership to the environment, something I think is missing. And, you know, people talk about all this doom and gloom and no one shares the joy that can be had in living more sustainably. Anyway, that's a bit about me in a nutshell. So as far as personal growth, because uh, one of the things that, you know, I like to talk about and for my listeners to hear is about personal growth. And I listened to actually your uh, TEDx talk that you had, which I thought was amazing. Uh, you guys, if, if you are into tech talks, you need to check out the TEDx talk that Joshua gave. I mean, it is just, I really, I really did enjoy it. And you truly opened my eyes as far as how I can lead as an individual uh, and take that particular lead with the environment in mind. So I want to kind of dig into that a little more because I know a lot of people, myself included, before I listened to your talk, I was always in the frame of mind, okay, so how can I become, uh, grow as a person and how can I even make some sort of impact uh, within my own personal life, within leadership? and still have the environment 
in mind. Uh, I've always thought that, you know, environment leadership is for big companies or big businesses that, you know, uh, are into, you know, um, saving the environment, that are into uh, advocacy for the environment. I never thought that I personally could have that impact and actually also grow as a person while having that impact. So uh, give us your thought as, uh, as far as that's concerned, because I thought that was just amazing in the way you put it. You know, one of the problems is I don't know of a single well-known person who is remotely trying to live sustainably. Mm-hmm. Not Al Gore, not Al Gore, not Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. And, and finding the joy in it and sharing that it's actually something that you'll like to do. I mean, even Greta, who you know, sailed across the Atlantic instead of flying, she still calls for panic. And she talks about the house being on fire. It may be yeah. on fire and people may want to panic. But when you actually try to live sustainably, and it may be difficult, you may feel like you're swimming upstream. Mm-hmm. When you try to live by your environmental values, living by your values means improving your life. That is personal growth. Living by your values, value, evaluate, better, worse. If you choose to live by your values, you'll be living a better life because it's living by your values. Yeah. Maybe difficult in a world where most people don't. But when you do, you find, in my experience, I found a joy. It's more connected. I'm, I'm more connected to the people around me, especially my family. There's more community and joy, connection, community. What do we want more in life? But since no one has tried to live sustainably of well-known people, mm-hmm. none of them has reached that joy and community and connection. And so, so they can't share it. And so none of us, when they share doom and gloom, you know, people feel like acting environmentally, it's going to be, it's a burden or it's a yeah. chore or it's deprivation or sacrifice. Oh, you want me never to see my mom again by never flying? That's what they think. If they associate flying with making money and, and seeing remote places, then they think the opposite of it is not making money and not seeing remote places. And so they don't challenge themselves to do so. So my podcast is to create role models for people to try these things out and share that inevitably people enjoy it. They start enlisting the help of people around them and that that brings them closer to the people around them. This is a better life. Now, this is really hard for people to get. For me to hear my words, when you have those associations, you're gonna say, well, yeah, you can, or I don't know. You don't know my life, Josh. That's why you really have to get these experiences. It's like trying to say how great Beethoven's ninth sounds when you hear it at Carnegie Hall. There's no words that can put that, that can describe it, mm-hmm. but it happens. And if you listen to my podcast, the guests I have are like some of the world famous guests and they try these things out and they really like it. I, if you like, if you, I want to riff on something here. Okay. It kills me when I hear someone say, here's one little thing you can do for the environment. Oh, I hear that all the time. <laughs> because when I say, here's a little thing you can do, I imply you don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And so maybe I'll get compliance on straws, which is not zero, but not the most important thing in the world. I make a compliance on the little thing, but if I reinforce the belief that you don't want to do it, you know, it feels like no one ever said drinkless driving Mondays yeah. or seatbelt Tuesdays. <laughs> you say never drink and drive. It's not like, no one ever says, you know, if you're drinking and driving all the time, maybe you should cut back a little bit. Mm-hmm. They say, never do it. Your life is in better in every way if you don't drink and drive. Your life is better in every way if you wear a seatbelt. But they say meatless Mondays kind of implying, you don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. No one wants to do it, but we kind of have to. That's, and so no one does it. 
because no one wants to. I'm trying to share the joy and the connection with community. And when you get that, I don't know, you tell me what's better than a life full of joy when you connect, connected with your community and so forth. Oh, there's nothing. And uh, another thing too that I find when people say, oh, here's a little thing you can do, it, it's also kind of belittles the impact that you can have. So it, in my mind, when someone tells me, here's a, just you know, something little that you can do for the environment, usually also the frame of mind that comes in is, well, why even do it if it's so little? Like if it's so meaningless, it, it, it belittles the act itself to the point where, okay, well, if I'm not going to have that much impact, then why even do that little thing for the environment? You know what I mean? Yeah. Where were you like 10 years ago? I wanted to hear that. <laughs> it took me a long time to get there. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing is that with, I, but I, when I work with my guests, you can listen to this on, on my podcast. I ask them before suggesting that they do something, I ask them what their values are relevant to the environment. What does the environment mm -hmm. mean to you? And that's good things to different people. And most people, if I ask that to a, a listener now, what does the environment mean to you? Almost across the board, what comes to mind first is going to be some superficial thing or some cocktail party answer. Oh, it's the children or, oh, I care about the dolphins or something. Yes, you probably do care about those things, but it's usually something more personal. The mm. apple tree at the end of the block that used to get apples from and, and bake pies with that got paved over for a parking lot or the time you you actually swam with the dolphins, not just seeing them on TV. Or, you know, it's generally something personal like that. People who grew up by the ocean, it's often ocean related. If you grew up in the mountains, it's often mountain related. And when you get that meaningful thing out, the first thing you may do, then I ask people, can you act on that, on your personal feeling? Yeah. Because when you say, when you say Bangladesh is gonna be underwater, do something about that. Uh -huh. Hundreds of millions of people are gonna be affected. Well, that may be really big and important in some, in some global sense, but it actually distances people from their personal experience of the environment and what you personally experience, that's what motivates you. So I ask people, what does the environment mean to you? And then can you act on that, on what's personally meaningful to you? And big or small is not the important thing for the first thing that someone does. Mm. Meaningful is what's important. So if you act on something that's meaningful, Big is almost inevitable because if you yeah. do it and it's meaningful to you, you'll do it more and you'll share it with others. Others, you know, no matter how weird something feels, how big it is, how small it is, a year from now, if you, if you, if you start on something meaningful, a year from now, you'll have done it for a year. It'll seem small and you'll want to do bigger things. Everyone around you will identify you as someone who started it and they'll, they'll want to do it too hmm. in their way. So if you start with meaning, big is inevitable. That's really good. I like that. If you start with meaning, Big is inevitable. I'm writing that down. And if you, and you will lead others, whether you want to or not, uh -huh. your behavior will affect others because people are looking for meaning. They're looking for role models. No one wants to pollute. They just don't see how to stop. So if you start doing it, they'll follow you and you'll become a leader. You will emerge as a leader. You'll probably get promoted in some weird way that you can't predict ahead of time, but it'll happen. You'll have close relationships with people because you're acting on something that they care about and it will, it'll become big stuff. And, you know, if you really go for it, you may become someone and there's huge opportunities for this that future generations will look back on and say, you are the one who started this. And maybe your grandchildren and maybe just other people in general, because we have no role models. I can't think of a single very well-known person. I know a lot of people who are living sustainably 
and they're just off somewhere keeping to themselves. Mm -hmm. A lot of people who are big and trying to make impressions, but they're flying around and they're not living sustainably themselves. I don't know anyone who's both living sustainably and sharing it in a public way. And I don't know if people hear what they're here for, but if you're here for advancing your career, the CSO position, Chief Sustainability Officer, is like a growing field. There are virtually none of them, and there's more and more all the time. If you want to move ahead in your career- That is so true. It's such an opportunity. It's like the biggest leadership opportunity since the Montgomery bus boycott. Yeah. And no one, and everyone's saying, government should do it, corporations should do it, other people should do it. I'll just keep, you know, they look around at Starbucks. Oh, I guess everyone else is getting plastic cups, so I'll get a plastic cup too. And they, they stop there because they feel ashamed or whatever keeps them from moving past there. And the opportunities are through the roof. Contact me if you want to, if you can't think of things to do, but start with meaning and start with action. Do something based on what you care about. And you'll find personal growth is like the least of what you'll find. And you'll find tremendous personal growth. One thing that I like that you alluded to is that the fact that when I hear a lot of people too speak about the environment, the one thing, especially when it comes to environmentalists and activists, the one thing that I, I feel it's almost disrespectful in a way is when they speak in a tone as if nobody truly wants to not pollute. Almost like they speak in a tone like we just want to pollute and we're doing it on purpose and we just don't care, period. Um, so... I love the fact of how you put it, where people don't want to pollute, but the way that it comes across when people get on stage and start talking about it, as far as activists are concerned, is almost like they're blaming and they're shaming uh, other people, uh, almost as if assuming and uh, accusing them of polluting willingly and on purpose, like this is what we want when it's really not. So I love that you hit on that. I'm glad that scientists and educators and politicians and journalists have tried to publicize what's going on, mm -hmm. but none of them is trained in leadership. They tend to be, I mean, educators tend to spread facts and figures. Mm -hmm. Politicians, they call themselves leaders, but really they're, they're following the money. Yep. Scientists tend to spread facts and figures as well. This is very important. I don't want to take away from this. It's very, very important. But none of these things generally change people's behavior. And behavior is both what's important. The environment doesn't react to our opinions. It reacts to our behavior. And that's where our meaning comes from is in how we grow and learn. If we don't change our behavior, we're not, I, I question if we're really learning. And leaders change people's behavior and leadership begins with the other person, the other person's feelings, the other person, the person you want to lead. It's you have to go where they are, not where you want them to be, mm -hmm. not where you think they should be, not where you are, not where they ought to be, but where they are. So I have, I'm something that's ha been happening to me recently is I'm starting to get noticed by a lot of the people, uh, a lot of media places on the right, Trump supporters. Mm -hmm. because I'm not accusing people. I don't believe that, I think everybody wants clean air, clean water, clean land. When I hear someone say, oh, those people on the right, they don't care about the environment. Everyone cares. How they act on it is another story. But if you yeah. say, if you tell me that I don't care about something, when I do, you've, you've lost credibility with me. I'm not going to listen to you. And this nation has made a wedge issue out of something that I think 
everybody cares about. And the left is not particularly behaving any more less any more sustainably than the right. I don't see that. They're flying around just as much as anyone. They use just as much power as anyone. They talk about it more. And so what I believe could be an issue, and I hope to create, I hope that environmental regulation that we look at it, the way we look at traffic regulation, no one looks at a double yellow line on the road and says, bureaucrats in Washington are keeping me from my freedom. I want to go to the other side of the road. No one looks at a red light and says, red tape stopping me from doing what I want to do. We recognize that if we don't have red lights that stop us sometimes, we're all going to have accidents all over the place. Yeah. We don't, no one's saying that's a nanny state, a double yellow line or speed limits. We might argue that we want the speed limit higher or lower, but we don't say there should be no speed limits. Likewise, there's a lot of environmental regulation that everyone agrees with. I think somehow we've made it into a wedge issue. I think what you talked about, that people get, what's the word? I mean, they get moralistic about it. They get self-righteous about it. They get yeah. blaming. That I don't find that helpful. And I can't blame the scientists and the journalists and so forth who, who made it that way because they don't know any better. They're doing yeah. their job very effectively. And those jobs are very important. But we lack leadership. We lack people giving it meaning and purpose so that people feel meaning and purpose acting on these things. That's what I'm trying to do. I hope I'm doing it. One, one thing, I, oh, man, I think you're doing a great job on it. Like I said, your, your talk completely just opened my mind into a different way of thinking about it, uh, that I can be a leader, a leader within my community by caring about the environment. Uh, and not just caring, but acting. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I even found that, for example, you know, when you're in a, uh, in, in you're part of a community and you're walking down the street, just something real simple. You're walking down the street and you see some trash and you start picking it up, you know, just something simple and within your community. What I found is I see other people that notice that and they kind of join. Hey, thank you. First of all, they're grateful for it. Thank you so much. You know, I really do appreciate you. I really do. And then before you know it, you have people that are doing after what you've doing. And then it becomes, you know, it starts to become a, a more meaningful and a, and a bigger impact within the community. And not only that, but you also gain um, uh, what influence. You also gain influence from those people as well. And you also gain that leadership influence because everybody, I find that a lot of people, they want to be leaders. They want to make an impact. Um, but the way they want to go about it is just telling other people about the impact and who they are and what they stand for. And, and that's why they should follow them, which really hardly ever works. Um, but when you actually start caring, like you said, about things that people truly care about, they and will acting. join you and acting on it, it, they will join you. I'm glad that you're always like enacting and acting and acting because that's really is what it's all about. You know, it's not just talking the good talk, but also walking the walk as well. Yeah, people, like, people when, they have, when they have children, they care about their babies. Mm -hmm. They better act too. You yeah. can't just care about your baby. You got to do something about it. You got you to feed your dog. You got to take care of all these things. You, gotta, you can't just care about having a clean house. You got to clean your house. As for picking up garbage, I, I'm not sure if you know, I, I pick up at least one piece of trash per day and I'm mm -hmm. something in my fourth year of that. It's, That's I can't great. tell you the benefit that that brings to you. It's actually, I'm going to tell you a story about a woman who 
uh, a friend of mine and she wanted to work with me. And I said, okay, if you want to work with me, you got to do one of these challenges. So mm -hmm. I walk her through the process that I describe on the TED, TEDx talk. Actually, on my first TEDx talk, I talk about it more. And I say, what, is, what does environment mean to you? And I say, Could you, would you care to act on that? So she lives up in Westchester outside New York City and she lives by a park. Every day she picks up, I'm sorry, every day she walks through the park just as part of her day. Yeah. And there's litter in the park. And she says, you know, I, I've been wanting to pick up some of that litter, but she says, she describes herself as a germaphobe. And she says, I don't want to pick stuff up because it's dirty. Now I've been picking up stuff for years by this point. And I know that while it may look like to someone else, the signals going into their eyes of me picking up stuff off the ground, it like might go to the dirty part of their brain. And they might think, oh, he's getting stuff dirty, but I'm making my world cleaner. So it goes to the clean part of my brain. So I think of it as a clean act. Mm. So I think that'll happen with her. So I work with her and I say, you know, what could you do? Maybe, maybe there's a way you could work this out. And she figures out, well, she brings a bag with her. So, not, so she doesn't have to carry it and she wears gloves. She can do that. So she says for 30 days, she's going to pick up at least one piece of trash from the garbage, from the, from the park. So I talked to her 30 days later, how did it go? She says the first day, she's like, oh my God, I could have been doing this so long ago. Oh, and wow. you know, it's not a big difference, but you know, cleans up my neighborhood, which resonates with my experience as well. And then she says the second day out, it, might have, it was either the second or third day, she heads out, she brings it back, she forgot the gloves. And she thought, you know, whatever, I'll just pick this stuff up anyway. For years, she'd been walking in a park. She could have picked the stuff up. And this germophobia, she got over in one, maybe two days of just wow. doing something she enjoyed. And now she's doing it because she enjoys it. She got over the germophobia. How much did she like it? She got over her germophobia. As for me, my picking up garbage, if you look, if you look around my, podcast, um, my blog, you'll see I was on the local news for doing this. I was on, um, I've been on TV twice for this and I got contacted, I get contacted all the time for stuff like this. It, one thing leads to another. People, people are looking for role models. They want to see people doing this. They want to have, they don't want to be the first one to start bringing mug with them to Starbucks or whatever. Yeah. Not that I recommend Starbucks. <laughs> they don't want to be the first. They just don't want to feel weird. But it's not weird to bring a fork with you to, I don't know, like when I go to cocktail parties, I'll bring cutlery with me so I don't have to get the plastic stuff. Mm -hmm. So all these, and, um, it, you know, opportunity that you've gotten, they've come to you for what you've done, correct? It's not like you've gone out of your way to try to, you know, get, uh, the media involved or get anyone else involved is kind of just a uh, consequence of your actions. Well, there's my podcast guests. Mm -hmm. These are world renowned people. I mean, a Super Bowl winner. I just did a couple NFL players, mayors, the person with the most viewed TED talk of all time, McKinsey's three time global managing director, Pulitzer winner, more number one best selling authors than I can think of. And they, uh, no, I mentioned the Olympic gold medalist and those I seek out because I want to bring role models. I want very well-known people. And my ultimate goal is I want to reach people that everyone knows in their community of people like yeah. Oprah and LeBron and Serena and Bruce. The media appearances, that's generally people finding me because I do stuff that everyone's, everyone has this feeling of like, I want to do it. They're telling me I should. I'm actually just doing it. <laughs> I'm just doing what we're, I mean, I avoid packaged food. Mm -hmm. So I, 
I throw out my garbage less than, well, uh, let me go back and make it a little more accessible to people. When I first gave myself the challenge to avoid packaged food, realizing how much garbage I produced. Now, is this going to make a big deal in the world? I don't know, but I'm producing this pollution and government maybe should change. Maybe corporations should change. But when I looked at my garbage, I was like, this is my, I'm responsible for this. Mm -hmm. And I threw out my garbage about once a week. And then I gave myself a challenge to go for a week without buying any packaged food. I made it two and a half weeks and I kept going. And then I, after the two and a half weeks, I went back to buying some package, but avoiding it to the extent that I could. And it took a little practice before I could get rid of more and more things. And I went to throwing up my garbage once every two weeks, to once every month, to once every two months, to once every three months, to once every six months. So now I throw up my garbage. I throw up my garbage once in 2019, once in 2018, once in 2017. Wow. And this to me is that shift my food is more varied than before, more delicious, cheaper, more convenient. My cooking, people come over all the time. Well, now there's a virus, so they don't come over all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but actually one of the last public appearances I did before everything got clamped down was I was, you know, people always talk to me, what about a single mom in a food desert? What does she do? She can't buy what you buy. On the contrary, I, had, I was at a potluck lunch once and the woman next to me was a single mom up from the Bronx. She invited me up to the Bronx. After, oh, I invited her to my place to have the stew. And she was like, this is what we need. All this fast food, all this junk up there. Can you come up? And I went up to a group. We met at a church up in, in the Bronx. And I cooked my famous no packaging vegetables stew, telling them how I do it. And one of them said, oh, we can't do this up here. But then the rest of them were all saying, we can do this. This is, this is a way out of McDonald's and all that, gar all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's more accessible is it accessible everywhere? I don't know, but certainly in, to a single mom with multiple jobs, it works better. So when you practice it, it took me a while to get there. I, I didn't know how to cook it for, I didn't know how, the, in those two weeks, the two and a half weeks at the beginning was the first time I bought beans from dry, soaked them, boiled them on the stove. Now I got a pressure cooker, which I only got because I was doing this. Yeah. And now I can cook my, my famous no packaging vegetable stews really fast. And they're really delicious. And so I've done them for like corporate events. People bring me in and usually my corporate stuff is just speaking, but sometimes I'll cook my famous no packaging vegetable stews and it helps corporate leaders learn how to lead their companies more effectively by leading themselves more effectively by acting, not just telling other people what to do. If you tell people to do something that you yourself don't do, what you really lead them to do is to tell others to do what they themselves are not doing, which is basically our culture today. Yeah. Everyone should act, but I'm doing but I'm one of the good guys because I'm telling others what to do. All the time on my podcast, when I have leaders on, I ask them what's something you can do to act on the environment, to act on what you care about. And a lot of these leaders, they say, well, let's see what I can get my team to do. And I say, not your team. <laughs> I mean, think of a company where the boss is saying, you know, we got to cut corners. We got to make sure we got to make, we got to balance the, bu the budget. We got to not spend much. Mm -hmm. And then that person goes out and buys a Ferrari and takes, well, that might be with their personal money, but what if they, you know, fly first class everywhere they go and stuff like that. Yeah. Nobody gets the picture. Yeah. Tell others what to do, but don't do it yourself. That company's not going to, if the leaders don't do, if they don't live the values that they profess, you're basically telling people act without integrity. 
and and that can spread like wildfire because uh, it's just so so easy to do and and i mean at the end of the day it's just it's fake um and it's it it's void of meaning and and anything else and one thing that you know i'm, I'm glad that you hit as far as trying to tell people what to do I found that that never works. Whenever I've tried to, you know, even, you know, I'm a dad of four. And even when I've done that with my kids, I get so much resistance even, you know, when I'm trying to just, you know, do as I say, not as I do, or just because I said so. And I mean, I get a lot of resistance even from my own kids. But here's what I found. When I turn around as a dad and I ask them to join me in, in something uh, that's meaningful, then they will do it. Um, so instead of going to them and say, hey, um, go pick that up, I tell them, hey, let's go and pick that up. It's now, it's now a team thing. It's now a we thing instead of a me to you, you know, or a you to me. And I find, you know, that in so many places where, oh, well, I can't, I got, I can't get people to act on it. I can't get people to you know, start caring. It, well, yeah, because you're trying to tell them what to do instead of asking them to join you in an endeavor, which are two different mindsets. Uh, and ever since that, me personally, that I've started, you know, asking people to join me as opposed to just do as I say, I've grown substantially as far as influencing other people is concerned. And, you know, areas of, of not just personal growth, but other areas as well that people do care about, like what we're talking about today, which is around the environment. So it's not about, okay, go, you know, change your lifestyle because I'm telling you it's a good idea. It's, hey, let's do it together. Let's change together. Join me in this. Yeah, it's, per, I mean, you talked about personal growth. I mean, the, the style of telling people what to do, I would categorize as authoritarian. Yeah. I, I wouldn't call it leadership. It's, it's management at best. Yeah. I'm not aware of many places where authoritarian works. It's, I mean, I yeah, guess it's a clash. dictatorships and fascists, mm -hmm. I, it works there. Actually, I guess schools, we tend to run schools that way, but I mean, schools are among the most authoritarian institutions around in prisons. And those are places I, I'm not so fond of how they do things there. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Um, you know, it's, uh, I think we, in a lot of ways, um, we need to get back to what you were talking about earlier, the meaning of things and get back to the heart of things. Uh, you know, what, what's it mean to you? And if it means something to you, just act on it. And then as you act on it, other people will act with you. And then you can even tell people to join you um, because it's something meaningful, something that everybody can come on board with and not just, uh, you know, the good idea, you know, don't do it because I think it's a good idea. Do it because, you know, it, it's good uh, because I'm telling you it's good. Um, you know, and those kind of elements, which, Everywhere that I see that, I mean, it, it always, at best, they stagnant. It, there's, no, there's no growth. There's, no, there's nothing that happens there. Is, and, and at worst, it creates a clash between people. It puts a division between people. Like, so you ask me to do this. Well, you know, if I find no meaning in what you're telling me to do, I'm just not going to do it. 
you know, just plain and simple. But if you're asking me to join something meaningful, now that's something I can get behind. And uh, which is great. And I think, you know, you are just being such an impact in this world. And I love it because you're bringing in the environment that we all depend on. I mean, if the environment goes, we go with it. That's, you know, when people, you know, come to me and they start talking, you know, about even along the lines of, well, I can't do nothing about it. So I'm, uh, as far as the, you know, like big way, I, I can't help the tectonic plates shifting and I can't help the weather pattern. So I'm just not going to do nothing. You know, I tell them, listen, just step back and realize that we are part of the, we are environment too. Like we are part of this whole thing. And if this whole thing goes, we go with it. It's, it's not like if the environment goes, we survive it. You know, that's, it's, if the environment goes, we go with it. Um, so that's my motivation personally, as far as the environment's concerned and doing my part is that I, I understand that I'm not just in this, I'm a part of this. Um, so that's my meaning and that's my passion behind, you know, the environment is knowing that I'm not in the environment. I'm also a part of the environment. And if the environment goes, I'm not surviving that. What gets people to act, you know, you have, it's everyone, you have to find out what each person, what motivates each person. I mean, yeah. for me, role models, I talked a lot about role models. If, if I don't see any in the world today, I got to think of what role models in the past, for example, right now we're under lockdown. Yeah. Nelson Mandela has always been a role model for me. He's someone I endeavor to follow in his footsteps. Mm. He lived in prison for 27 years, 18 of which was in Robben Island, which is their Alcatraz in a cell much smaller than ours. When I'm not the least bit, what's the word? Suffering from this lockdown because oh. it's bringing me closer to a man that, you know, for his 70th birthday, there's a global party attended in some way by over 200 million people while he was in prison. People today have access to the internet. They have access to all, every, every piece of culture that has ever been recorded, music yeah. and movies and everything. They can buy food from around the world and they're complaining. Right. So what's the meaning? Can they, what meaning can they attach to their situation? Well, mm. to be like Nelson Mandela, that seems pretty effective meaning to me. And the issue today, well, his issues still remain, sadly. The environment is another big issue that I can work on it. I, I hope to have some, somewhere near the effect that he did. Yeah. And I think of other role models. You know, you talk about people who say, well, what can I do? Well, you know, during the Montgomery bus boycott, some people took the bus. They figured, what can I do? It doesn't make a difference. Exactly. But some people walked. And, you know, I checked the weather down there. It's over 100 degrees. It hits 100, over 100 degrees a lot for, I think, three months out of the year. And that was back in the day when people wore suits and hats. Uh -huh. Oscar Schindler. Why do we make a movie about Schindler's List and not about all the others who saw Nazism growing and so forth. And they just said, well, maybe someone else will do something. Yep. Would you in say 1850 operate a safe house for the underground railroad? Would it, that wouldn't stop slavery. No chance. 
but would you do it anyway? Would you, would you like to be someone who did at least something? Those are role models for me. That's, uh, that's it's awesome. So, it's yeah. so easy at this stage to say, well, but I want to live the way my, you know, my parents could fly all over the place whenever they wanted. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to look for justifications and rationalizations to keep doing what you used to do. That's what our culture is about today. It's we're looking at all this pollution and we're saying, well, what can I do? What I do doesn't matter. I put to you, if you have beliefs with the words, what I do doesn't matter anywhere in them, you are undermining your whole, whatever personal growth, whatever the, the idea, what I do doesn't matter. Imagine saying that to your children. Oof. It's okay. What you do doesn't matter. You'll grow up with what you do. It doesn't matter. I would, that's like, I would, I can't imagine if my parents said that to me, what you do doesn't matter. Or if, if, if I, to say that to children and yet oh people goodness. believe that when you act, I mean, if you look for role models, to me, originally, you know, growing up, it was Gandhi, uh, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, uh, Nelson Mandela, Václav Havel. Mm -hmm. Increasingly now, it's also people who led through times of crisis, people, people who gave others meaning, and especially in the most difficult times. Winston Churchill during the battle when, when England was almost losing. Yep. Or Patton or Eisenhower they were able to rouse people back to the wall, almost lost. And they brought meaning and purpose and got people enthusiastic. People, Patton's troops loved him. People, today we look back at Patton and, and, and from a woke era, from, from um, a modern perspective, we'd say, oh, he's so hyper-masculine, it's too, I don't know, combative or something like that. But in, I can't think of a more masculine in, in like, like they would say an environment that people call toxic masculine today. Yeah. <laughs> these men loved this man and he loved them yep. in every full sense of the word love. And you look at what, what they achieved in fighting one of the most, one of an enemy that's like, un, it's like difficult to put into words like Hitler and the Nazis. Yeah. And they, he's a role model for me. Gandhi cleaned toilets. I was at his ashram in Ahmedabad. And when it was his turn, he, he spoke to the King of England and he cleaned toilets. He's not too, he's not too far above that. That's awesome. And so I, when people say, Josh, how do you not fly? Cause I'm in my fifth year of not flying. Uh -huh. And I didn't expect it to go five years. I thought one year was a lot. Sure. But now, it's for among other things, I feel closer to Gandhi, one of my great role models, a man who brought liberation to a nation. We have that opportunity today. People listening to this right now, maybe you don't want to be reach Gandhi level of leadership, Gandhi level of influence on the world, but you probably want to bring that to your community, whatever your community is. It could be just your family. It could be just your household. Yep. It could be your local neighborhood. It could be your city. People want, people are craving this leadership. The opportunities, if it's your career, if you want to make money, the opportunities are huge. It can't be just me who's going, oh man, if I can give a little plug. If people want to do a podcast, I, we just started Leadership in the Environment. My podcast is called Leadership in the Environment. And we just started Leadership in the Environment Sweden. 
And if, if you start leadership in the environment in your area, in your field of interest, it could be your geographical area, it could be leadership in environment, college kids, or leadership in environment, yeah. Hollywood, if you want to reach actors, and it could be leadership in environment, basketball, if you want to reach all the best basketball players. The opportunity to get the people in your area that I've gotten in mind is there. And so I train the guy to how for him to do that. And, you know, he's going to end up getting, he's going to get Greta before I do, which I'm like, ah, darn, I want us to talk to her. <laughs> but the opportunities for leadership in this area to, because mm. people love being, walk, being walked through this process to where they can share something that matters to them. They can, they look really great for their community. They, it's helping set a legacy, but there's plenty of opportunities. But if someone wants to do leadership in the environment, you know, finance, because they want to get in finance mm-hmm. and talk to all of the top financiers, I'll train you how to do it. And then you can start leadership in the environment finance. But there's plenty of other ways that people can lead and, and grow and develop themselves and find and create meaning and purpose for themselves and then find and create meaning and purpose for everyone around them. And then big or small where you start, not that that's not important. If it's meaningful, you'll get big eventually. So how can people find you if they want to, um, you know, go that route and, and they really want to get involved and, and hear more about what you have to say. Uh, I know you just mentioned the podcast, but what are other ways that, you know, uh, my listeners can uh, get to you and reach you? Everything is at joshuaspodek.com. And in the upper right corner, you can click to read the blog. You can click to read the, the books are there. So I have my two books, Leadership Step-by-Step and Initiative. And they're both the book versions of my courses that I teach at NYU. So this is how to create meaning, how to create purpose, how to initiate and, and unearth and create and make real passions in your life. The podcast is there and there's also to contact and connect me through there. So everything's at joshuaspodek.com. And I recommend starting with the TEDx talks. So if you click, you'll find the TEDx talks there. Yeah. And guys, you don't want to miss those. Like I said, I, I listened, you know, I found uh, my sledding hill. <laughs> yeah. I really did. I found my sitting hill and I, I appreciate you for doing that talk. I mean, I, I was really um, inspiring. It really was inspiring. So you don't want to miss that, guys. Go on and listen to his talks. I mean, it's, it's really inspiring. Um, take it from me where, you know, at first, you know, I'm a skeptical person by nature. Um, so I, I was intrigued. I'm like, okay, leadership in the event. What, does, what do those two have anything to do with each other? Um, and I said, okay, so let me, let me click on this talk and, and see where he's going with this. And by the end of your talk, I was, I had that aha moment, you know what I mean? And I was just my heart to hear blown away. I'm like, Whoa, I could, I just, wow. That's, it really blew me away. It really, um, you know, inspired me and not just, you know, also in areas of the environment, but also other areas of my life. I, you know, I had that aha moment and I was like, wow, that is amazing. Uh, so guys, really go and listen to his TED Talks. You're not going to be disappointed and you're going to be glad that you did. I guess I should say then like and, and comment and share also. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, word of mouth is one of the best and uh, ways to grow, especially growing organically. So yeah, definitely, you know, support Joshua on your social media, support him uh, by subscribing to his podcast, uh, you know, giving reviews and, and spreading the word. And, uh, you know, if we just join in together, uh, this meaning will take place and hold in the world and it will 
actually it's already is a, will become a global movement. Uh, so thank you so much for, uh, for starting that Joshua and for everything that you do and, and for, for bringing this to the forefront. Um, you know, I, I just, I really do appreciate what you've done and, and you've inspired me, man. Well, you, thank you for inviting me. You led me. And so if I shared stuff of value, that's from your leadership and I appreciate that. And leadership when it's done well, people like it. And I'm, I'm yeah. glad that you brought me here. Keep in touch. Let me know if, if, if inspiration leads you to action, then let me know a month from now, six months from now, a year from now, what action you took and what it led to. If it starts with meaning, I'm curious to hear how it grows. And if you're about personal growth and professional growth, I predict that it will, you will grow in ways beyond your expectations that you'll be glad you did and you'll wish you had started earlier. Thank you. I, I do appreciate that encouragement, man. And I will, I will let you know, and I will keep in touch. Um, like, like I said, it's, uh, it's exciting for me. Uh, you know, whenever you find an aha moment and you find new meaning, it's always an exciting time, you know, it, it, as a person. So I will definitely keep in touch and, uh, and let you know, um, you know, and again, thank you so much for accepting my invite uh, to share your views and your thoughts with my listeners. And I'm pretty sure that everyone that listens to this is going to be encouraged and they're going to be inspired and motivated to act and truly make an impact in this realm. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode and to the uh, Joshua Spodek interview. Um, again, you can find this podcast all about life anywhere you get your favorite podcast from. Thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Thank you.